You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's 50 years ago, 50 years ago. Where has all that time gone? And my goodness me, a lifetime has passed us by. Uh, at the foot of the ladder, the limb footbeds are only uh, uh, depressed in the surface about uh, one or two inches. Uh, although the surface appears to be uh, very, very fine-grained as you get close to it. It's almost like a powder. Down there, uh, it's very fine. Yeah, I'm going to step off the limb now. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Probably the most famous words ever spoken. Um, let me speak to a man who listened intently at the time, Terry Mosley from the Irish Astronomical Association. Uh, Terry, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Terry, you would have been excited. I could see you as a little boy. What, what, what age were you? Uh, oh, well, I was a young man. I was in my 20s at the time, but <clears throat> I actually followed the, the whole of the space program from the launch of Sputnik 1, which I managed to see actually passing over the sky a couple of days after it was launched, not the satellite itself, but the third stage rocket that launched it. So I followed the whole of the space program, but of course the Apollo uh, 11 moon landing was the, the climax, the highlight, and as you say, it's hard to believe 50 years ago, I remember every part of it as if it was yesterday. 50 years ago, I mentioned at the beginning of the programme that the head teacher at our local primary school opened the school for people who didn't have a TV were allowed to come in and watch the build-up to it. And I was yeah, yeah. I was, I was, was so young that I sort of got, to be honest, I, I got fed up sitting in the school and I, I, I went home. But they, you know, for people realised they were watching something beyond, beyond belief. Why was yeah. that particular... V- landing, that particular journey, that particular challenge so important, Terry? Well, it it was the climax of the space program up to then. They had had men in orbit and women in orbit uh, around the Earth on and off for quite a few years by the time that was. But this is the first time we were actually venturing outside the Earth's vicinity. I mean, the satellites that orbit the Earth with or without people in them are are only about a couple of hundred miles up at most. You're talking about almost a quarter of a million miles to go to the moon. And then to actually land on another celestial body was just uh, literally out of this world. You better say the phrase was made for that particular experience. And they had orbited the moon before then and come back again safely 
but to actually uh, be on the surface. Now, initially they had thought there might be some danger of them sinking into the lunar dust or something, but the, the various uh, soft landers by the automated spacecraft, the surveyors, had proved that that wasn't the case. So basically, if <coughs> the dangers would have been that they would crash land or that they wouldn't get off again, but actually stepping onto the moon once they were down, we knew would be okay, but even so, it was just a, an amazing uh, moment and hard to describe. It completely changed our perspective of um, our place on this earth that we had finally um, gone to another heavenly body. And maybe the greatest uh, achievement of Apollo was to be able to look back from the moon and see the Earth as a little blue marble hanging in the empty blackness of space and to think that every human being that was alive at that time was away and something that you could cover with the, the end of your thumb if you handed out at, at arm's length. There are no boundaries between countries visible from space and certainly not from the moon. So it, it changed our perspective. It gave us a view of the Earth as... Uh, not just sort of one planet, but the only planet that's habitable and that we have to look after it, basically, the start of the environmental movement. Yeah, it is a very, very important message. What had been allowed for the possibility of the, the, the guys not getting back off the, the moon? Had they accepted that if they weren't able to come back that they would die there? Yes, they did. They knew that and they took that risk and President Nixon had a speech ready to deliver if that was to happen. There was a whole lot of backup systems on the Apollo missions for obvious reasons, but one of the things that had no backup was for the rocket to fire to take them off the moon uh, and back up to rendezvous with the command module which was orbiting around them to bring them back to Earth. They had one chance with that rocket and it had to work, and it did. But they were prepared for the fact that that might not happen, and if that was the case, they were going to die there. Um, there was no way that our, uh, Collins and the command module could come down to get them. It just was not possible. It couldn't do it. So they were going to die there, and they were prepared to accept that. Now, nobody has ever said what they were going to do. Were they going to take a pill or something, or were they going to just be there until their oxygen ran out? Uh, that would be probably something that they had considered but I don't think that was ever made available to the public because it would have been horrible for their their families waiting back uh, on earth to know what was going to happen but yes that was a possibility but fortunately all the ones that landed took off again safely and got back safely and if we were to zoom forward to the next big challenge, which is Mars and people considering going to Mars who'll never come back from Mars because it's too far, it's too far away. They have, they have this. Well, no. But yeah, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on it, Terry, because here's my, here's my, here's my ignorance here. And I'm more than happy for you to correct me on it. I have this vision right. that if people go to Mars, that they will not be able to come back because they, 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 tech, they may have the technology to get there, but they don't have the technology or the fuel or the power to bring you back that distance. Is, is, is that wrong? Well, it is. I mean, there was a, a suggestion 
from a private uh, entrepreneur that they would do a one-way trip to Mars. But nobody has really uh, taken that seriously. They won't go to Mars until they have the technology to get back again. And there are all sorts of ways of, of trying to do that, and it's a major undertaking. And I don't think they will be doing that by the timetable that they're talking about, which is the early uh, 30s. It'll probably be near the end of the 30s or maybe the 40s, because, as you say, it is a huge, huge undertaking. Getting to the moon and back you can do in a week, Getting to Mars takes 18 months to get there. You then need at least six months on the surface before the orbits of the Earth and Mars are aligned again for you to be able to do the return journey. And then that's another 18 months. So we're talking about uh, a minimum of three and a half years. Uh, before you get back to Earth again. And during that time, you have to have all your oxygen, all your water, all your food, all your other essentials. It is several orders of magnitude more difficult than going to the moon. But they will do it eventually. Um, they, they know roughly how they want to do it, but they haven't yet built a rocket powerful enough to get them there. But they're working on it, both private enterprise and NASA, uh, Elon Musk and, and um, uh, some of the others, the Boeing company, are all working on ways of doing that. But I think it will probably be 20 years before they do that. As I say, it is much, much more difficult than getting to the moon and back. And the it, people it happen eventually. The people we hear of who are volunteering to go to Mars to never come back, that, that simply is not a runner. Well, if, if anybody, uh, none of the uh, national agencies are proposing that, neither NASA nor ESA nor the Chinese or uh, anybody else. But this, uh, I think it was a Dutch guy, I've forgotten. It, it, it sort of reached uh, uh, public awareness for a while, and then a lot of people thought this is daft. Um, nobody's actually going to do it. Um, because they could very well die there. Um, I mean, if they're not coming back, okay, they are going to die there eventually, but a lot of people think, well, they're going to be dead within a year. Um, Nobody really wants to achieve fame by doing that. So I don't think that will happen. Uh, They do need to have a... um, a viable, practical way of getting there and back. And it can be done, but uh, not just yet. So I would say it will be a a major enterprise and it might well have to be a joint enterprise between the the leading space-faring nations of the time, whether that's the the Chinese and the Americans, the Russians together, or maybe the Indians will be uh, very uh, much involved at that stage. It makes sense because it will be a huge enterprise. Um, very difficult, but they did uh, all the Apollo ones back safely. Uh, Apollo 13 had a, a problem, but even then they went round the moon and came back again. So while there have been disasters in space, there were none involved in getting to the moon and back. Was it worth it, Terry? There was so much involved. There was so much investment in it. I think a yes. hundred billion worth of today's money. To get yeah. to get to the moon, was it worth yeah. it? Considering it's still sitting up there, we see it every night, and there's no one on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
It was worth it for a number of reasons. Uh, the primary driver at the time was political rivalry between America and the Soviet Union. The, the Russians had basically achieved all the, the first in the space race, the first satellite, the first dog in space, first man in space, first woman, first spacewalk, and so on. And Kennedy realized that if they just were to play catch-up, uh, the Russians would always be ahead. So he decided to set a target that was almost a decade ahead to give the, the American military and technological and intellectual might a chance to sort of leap ahead of the Russians and that's why he set the, the moon landing as a target and they did achieve it and they did catch up with the Russians and, and get ahead of them on that. Uh, so it was a huge amount of expenditure, although a tiny, tiny fraction of what was spent on military. I mean, it's also something like, I think, it was less than the Americans spent every year on pet food uh, and on cosmetics. So, you know, you put it in perspective. But I think it was worth it, not so much for what we learned about the moon, but to prove that they could do it, and above all, as I mentioned earlier, to give us a new perspective on humanity, to go there and look back at the Earth as, as say, just a little blue marble hanging in the vastness of space, quarter of a million miles away, and yet that's our nearest neighbour in space. Mars, at its very closest, is 40 million miles away. So the, the solar system is vast, but the Earth is a tiny little planet, but it's the only one we have. Uh, and we have to look after it for the long, long future. We're going to be stuck on the Earth. We may eventually colonize Mars. But uh, basically, for you know, the next couple of centuries, apart from a few explorers, we are going to have to live on this planet. We have to look after it. We have to think of the environment. We have to think of climate change. And we should be thinking of things like living together rather than fighting each other. And, um, you know, okay, there are all sorts of comments you could make about current political situation. I'm not going to go down that road. But basically, we should uh, be thinking in terms of looking after this planet and living together on it and looking after it. And the environmental movement really got uh, going whenever people saw that photograph of, of the Earth rising above the moon. Of course, and as, it, as, they, as the discraft orbited it. It is, it is, you know, the, what you say and you've reinforced what you're saying. It, it, it is absolutely essential and, and it is so timely. One final point, Terry, and I'm just w- wondering how annoyed you are by the conspiracy th- theories. Okay. I, you know, what, people, who, people who say to you it was all filmed in Mexico, you know, what, what, yeah, what do you say to those people? It's just total rubbish. I mean, the, uh, there are so many. I mean, if you had half an hour, I could fill the whole half hour telling you. Uh, all the ways that you could prove that the Apollo landings were real. I mean, the very latest thing is that they have a, a very high uh, resolution uh, orbiter around the moon, lunar reconnaissance orbiter, and it's actually photographed the remains of the uh, the bottom stages of the, the spacecraft that landed there. It shows the tracks of the astronauts, the tracks of the, the lunar rovers that went on the latest missions, and uh, you know, the, the photographs are there. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you say, oh, those are all doctored. But if they were doctored, why aren't the Chinese and the Russians, who are no great friends of the Americans in terms of political things, why are they not exposing it and say, look, we have photographed the area where they say that Apollo 11 landed and there's nothing there at all. 
So the Russians at the time even admitted that the Americans had got there. And if they're prepared to admit it, then, uh, you know, everybody else should be able to. But there are people now, as I'm sure you know, that believe the earth is flat. Uh, There are people who will simply believe anything because they have a mindset that they don't like to believe what the authorities tell them. So if the official NASA line is that, uh, yes, we landed on the moon, they will just automatically reject that. Uh, There are all sorts of other things from, uh, you know, vapor trails from America, uh, from uh, planes in the high atmosphere, actually depositing chemicals to uh, poison everybody here on the Earth or to alter their minds and, you know, uh, I could go on and oh, on. Oh, I know, it's, I know. We, we've, we've had the vapor trail boys on here a few times today. Yeah. Chemtrails, <laughs> they call them. The chemtrails. Yeah, it's, it's a mindset. It's not a rational way of looking at things. And that's yeah. to say, if people are prepared to believe that the earth is flat, it just shows you that people will believe anything. Totally. Terry, great speaking to you. It's a okay, special Frank, anniversary pleasure. and fabulous to hear from you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, okay. It was a pleasure. Thanks, bye-bye. Uh, Terry, at our invitation with us this morning, Morning, Terry Mosley, Irish Astronomical Association, who's lived it, slept it, ate it, and continues to breathe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, 